You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. On the line today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Uh, not too bad. I'm trying to weather the storm here. I hear you. So first, Eric, let's take a look at the economy. Obviously, again, general weakness that we're seeing globally and likewise in America and even in North America as well, too. What are your thoughts in terms of what we're seeing in the economy this week, Eric? Well, Jeff, I think the first thing to note is that the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, who uh, I think keeps the best uh, forecasting model on GDP, reduced their GDP forecast for this current quarter, the fourth quarter, uh, from I think it was 2.3 down to 1.8 percent, and of course it's it gets adjusted as all the data. It's very data dependent. As the data comes in, it's weak. They reduce it, and 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 of course I guess the what they're looking at is personal spending, which was uh, very weak, uh, up only 0.1 percent. We see capex across the board worldwide going down. Of course, you, you, the best proxy for that is the Caterpillar, whose sales are just weak everywhere in the world. We see these freight indexes uh, like the Baltic Dry, car loadings, truck loadings, all hitting new lows here. So there's lots of indication of uh, continuing economic weakness around the world. I think I just read that is either South Korea or Taiwan and, and decreased their expectation for fourth quarter because of weakness in exports. And of course, if the consumer can't buy, it's hard for those countries to sell. And I think the biggest factor there is, of course, these health care increases, whether it's Obamacare or private health care, the, the, the notices of the 2016 health care premiums that are coming in the mail, and I think people are just shocked. And, and even though personal income might be rising more than 0.1, they know darn well that their health care premiums are all rising double digits, and it's already a big part of their expenses. So between that and rent and education, across the board, I mean, inflation is way beyond what the mainstream media and, and the, uh, the central planners would like you to think it is. So it's just a continuation of the weakness uh, that we see economically every week. Let's take a look at what's happening in China. So China right now, I mean, it's Black Friday in the States, but it looks like they had a Black Friday for China's stock market as it plunged, apparently by 5%. So what are your thoughts in terms of what we're seeing in China with their stock market as well, Eric? Well, of course, everything's weakening in China. We're having um, indications of many more bond defaults. The PMIs are weakening. The general business climate is soft. Uh, I just referred to iron ore and coal and various other things that uh, China either produces or consumes, and the prices are hitting very low rates here. And, of course, China is kind of... Uh, relented a little on some of the control over the stock market. They've re-allowed IPOs. They've allowed brokers, I think, to uh, t- to not just have a net long position, but in fact go short. And so we saw an abrupt uh, decline in stocks overnight here Friday on Friday in, in China in excess of 5%. I can't say to you that it's the start of something else because central planners have a pretty firm hand there and who knows whether they would come back in and support it, but I think it it shows you how tentative this rally in Chinese stocks have been. They reported that industrial companies or profits were down something like 4.6% in October. And I suspect that will just get lower here. So, and the same is true even in the States. I mean, the profits are going down, but stocks are going up, which means your PE multiple continue, continues to rise here and makes uh, the market that much more vulnerable. So it's not going to be easy for China when the rest of the world has the problems they have, whether you're talking about Brazil or Argentina or the Euro or, I mean, there are lots of places where things aren't going well. So 
uh, and of course China is, is the primary recipient of the ability of people in those countries to spend because they're the biggest exporter around. So and their exports have come off sharply here in, uh, in the recent months that they've reported. So I think it's probably realistic that the market has, has gone back down here. And uh, we'll have to just uh, watch going forward to see uh, if this trend continues. So, Eric, do you think by chance that they could try and devalue their currency again? I mean, certain pundits in the uh, in the financial space are saying that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's logical that they should want to uh, depreciate their currency because, you know, it's basically when we look at China, we always tie it into the to the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar has been rallying because the other currencies are weaker, whether it's the yen or the euro. They're, they're weaker. And when you tie your fate to the U.S. dollar and the U.S. dollar's rising, you're making yourself less and less competitive, as, as is the U.S. making themselves less and less competitive every day. So I would think it was appropriate for China to devalue because they want to stay competitive on a worldwide basis here. So I expect that trend to continue. So Eric, let's move over to currencies. So again, we've talked about the volatility in currencies over the last few months, but again, the issues that we're seeing in currency shows a general weakness in the economy. What are your thoughts on just what we're seeing in these money markets right now? Well, it's better than any policy on a worldwide basis, right? Everyone wants their currency to be weak. And of course, everyone's currency is weak, certainly relative to the U.S. dollar. It's rather ironic that we sit there and look at this strong dollar not fully appreciating that it's pricing the U.S. out of all markets here. Uh, I mean, you see these massive changes in valuation versus the Canadian dollar, Australian dollar, the, the Brazilian real. I mean, there's so many weak currencies around. The euro, I mean, it's been a gigantic change, which makes those companies in those areas more competitive. It's bad enough that we've got a lot of industrial capacity in the U.S., but with the dollar going higher, their competitiveness, the U.S. dollar going higher, their competitiveness just keeps going downhill. And I said before, I mean, probably the most volatile uh, financial asset in the world is currencies, which is very odd that the currencies would be more volatile in stocks and bonds, but uh, that is the case. So it tells you that things are, everyone's, uh, you know, fighting over a, a shrinking pie here, and uh, everyone wants to stay in front of the other guy in terms of the currency being weak. So... It, ultimately, it's not going to be good for the U.S. if their currency is strong. So we'll see that play out. So, Eric, switching over to precious metals, we can see some serious carnage in gold and silver today, as we can see gold kind of hovering ab- above a six-year low. What are your thoughts on what we're seeing in the precious metal market, Eric? Well, it's getting bopped this morning, uh, Friday morning. And as I look at it, I see this. Uh, we have a big open interest in the December contract. First notice day is Monday. We have something like 60,000 contracts in gold. That today, 6 million ounces, well, there aren't six, any 6 million ounces to, uh, to deliver on the COMEX. And the same thing with uh, silver, they got about 140 million odd ounces currently open interest. We got one trading day before first notice day, and that's today. And I suspect that the, the paper boys don't want anyone to, ex- to ask for delivery, so they're knocking the price down. Uh, we spoke last week about the commitment to traders report that would come out Friday last week. It was very, very bullish for both gold and silver, more so for gold and silver. I mean, the commercials have basically, in the last three weeks, gone significantly long, both metals here. And it looks like with what's happened so far this week, and, and of course the reporting week's Tuesday, and, but what's happening today, you may have even more selling because it's breaking down theoretically through you know, as you say, five and six year lows, and it tends to bring out the hedge funds will be selling. And I'll guarantee you 
that the commercials will be buying is that they may end up being very, very net long. And typically, when the commercials are net long, the price goes up because it's a rigged market. They just manipulate the price whichever way their position wants them to manipulate it. And when they got net short, almost a hundred, an extra 100,000 contracts around October 15th, they just arranged for the prices to come down because they have more money than the market can stand at any moment in time because they're commercial banks and they have the deepest pockets in the world. So we're seeing this kind of blow off here. I hope that we can find a bottom. There's no doubt that the physical uh, markets are still strong. We see that the U.S. Mint have sold out of one-ounce gold coins. There's been strong buying in uh, in China. The Shanghai had weekly deliveries of, I think it was 49 tons, which is a very strong number. We see, you know, if the Chinese market continues to weaken here, we'll see people in China looking to buy gold again. The Indians, of course, are always buying gold, and that these new low prices typically demand, physical demand, is very, very strong. So I don't believe that that gold belongs down here. You watch what happens in the in the uh, paper markets. It's all orchestrated. I think once the commercials get uh, seriously net long, we're going to see the price go up. And it's an awful thing to have to watch because it's so blatantly obvious what's going on. But that's the way we are. And um, everyone thinks the COMEX price is the real price. But I think the real price will be determined by the physical market, which is very strong. Well, Eric, as usual, we always appreciate your insight here on the weekly wrap-up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Thank you, Eric, for joining us today. Okay, Jeff, all the best. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. On a personal note, this will be the last weekly wrap-up that I'll be doing here at Sprout Money. I'm moving on from Sprout Money, and I'd like to thank all of our listeners for supporting me over the last couple of years, and I wish you a very prosperous new year and a happy holidays. This is Jeff Rutherford signing off for the last time here on the weekly wrap-up. As usual, have a great day.